ready now? I've been ready. All right, let's start. Three, two, that's not, they don't count down. Go. And go. All right, welcome everybody to the Ville House Podcast. I'm your host, Cruz Robbie Villanueva, alongside my beautiful co-host, Holly Nicole Villanueva. What is up, babes? Well, it's another day. You sound very unenthusiastic, and I need you to change that. It is another day. <laughs> Hot damn. <laughs> All right, here we go. First off, first thing I want to tackle is, and probably nobody cares, but I do because this is near and dear to my heart, is season nine of episode <laughs> Scrubs is really good. <laughs> <laughs> Tell uh, me I'm wrong. It's not bad. I just, I'm not super into Scrubs the way you are. And like, we've already watched it a bunch of times. I've watched it a bunch of times. You've watched it. No, I've watched it in proxy because I don't get a choice on what we watch. You just put things on TV and I'm forced to watch because them. Because you never, you never choose to say, what do you want to watch? Oh, no, you whatever, don't. You put whatever. on a show and then once it starts playing, you're like, do you want to watch something else? No. And then no. if I say no, then I'm the one that's being a jerk because your show has already okay, officially sometimes started. Sometimes I do that. No, most of <laughs> you <laughs> always do. No, sometimes I will hand you the remote and say, here, put something on. <laughs> and that is false no it's not or you be, always put on I, your shows and then once it's on you'll ask me and if i say anything different i'm the bad guy no that's, that's why all, when that's, i want to watch a show i just go to the room and watch it because i get tired of watching the stuff if that i have you the watch. show on but if i've just turned on the tv <laughs> i give you the option hey what do you want to watch no you and don't. you're always like oh i don't care which is the equivalent of put something on that i like or i'm not gonna enjoy myself I don't enjoy just sitting here watching hours of TV, and I also when's the last dislike time a lot of the shows that you watch. When's the last time we've sat down for hours and watched TV? Me? It's been a while. You can sit down and watch TV for I a really can, long time. I can, but I haven't done it in a long time. That's okay. what I'm saying. I'll turn on shows, and I'll have them playing in the background, which is fine with me, while we do whatever it is around the house. All right. So at any rate, you are watching season nine of Scrubs. Oh, you, you, don't you don't want to talk about this? <laughs> no, because I'm going to get frustrated <laughs> because I don't want to watch this stuff that you watch. But it's... You mean great shows, great TV, great movies? Sure. Yes, you <laughs> like them. And the other four people in the house are skeptical. Wrong. Elena and Dallas love all the shows that I watch and the movies. <laughs> By proxy. Nuh-uh. Not because they would come in here and sit down and watch the same show. It's because you turn it on and they have no choice Wrong. but to watch. <laughs> they have a choice to get up and walk out of the living room and go watch their TV. But they see what's on and they're glued. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is great. That has great taste. I respectfully in, disagree. In television <laughs> movies. You watch shit like, uh, what's that old English movie? I don't know. Cumberpatch. <laughs> oh, Bridgerton. Bridgerton. <laughs> That's not even close to what the name. It was something like that. Bridgerton. Yeah, I watched it, but let me caveat by saying the majority of that show was watched in our bedroom or when you were not here. I don't force you to watch those shows without giving you, you a, cho- a choice. I don't force you to watch the shows either. Yes, you do. <laughs> no. If you have the remotes and you turn on the shows, 
then I'm being forced to I watch I always ask you, no, what do you, you want don't. to watch? Yes, I do. Okay, can we move on? No. <laughs> we are going to you're settle gonna, this. <laughs> we're going to disagree. Because uh, you're going to say you ask when you don't, and you know you don't. And I'm going to say you don't, and then we're just going to go in a circle. I do. I'll okay. say, what do you want to watch? Okay. And then you're like, put on whatever. You, okay. you ask. You ask for it. Okay. Scrubs it is. Scrubs. Anyways, Scrubs has nine seasons. The first eight are referred to as the only scrubs right and then season nine is like there there really is no season nine because it was so horrible and people hated it because it's almost an entirely new cast yeah i don't think people enjoyed it because they were so tied to the characters in the other eight seasons i think so that's that's probably it however it still has like dr cox who probably made most of the show and then turk is still there Mm-hmm. And then the other characters are funny. As long as you can separate yourself from like this is a different Scrubs with a, it's almost a whole new show. Yeah, I mean they're just. I think the flaw was, and again this is my opinion, was they try to make the characters to like the characters from the other ones. They don't let them have their own personalities. It's like this is the new Doctor Cox. This is the new Doctor Dorian. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they kind of like tie them in so that they're the same people, but different. Yeah. However, it's still freaking hilarious. So I like it. And everybody else, if you love Scrubs, go back and watch season nine. I think you'll enjoy it. Cause this is the first time I'm seeing season nine. You just skipped it all the other times? Yeah. I would just go back to season one every time I finished Scrubs. And I've yeah. only finished it like four times. That's a lot. There's a lot of episodes in Scrubs. There are. There are eight short. seasons. They're short. That doesn't make the episodes less. Anyway, <laughs> Scrubs is a great show and you should watch it. I have watched it. Season nine. I'm telling the people. Oh. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So now that that's settled, watch season nine, Scrubs. All right. So what we're really here to talk about this time around this this episode of the podcast is memorial day and i just did i just did a finger wag at holly a finger wag yeah <laughs> like a double finger point mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. memorial day memorial day memorial no not specifically memorial day uh so everybody gets uh, some days off for memorial day and then you always see the facebook post of what all it's really about and yeah, in remembrance of all those that have paid the ultimate price, right, for this country. Um, but on Memorial Day, we did, or not on Memorial Day, but for this Memorial Day, we did Murph. For those of you that don't know what Murph is, Murph is a workout that was created for Lieutenant Michael Murphy. Mm-hmm. Lieutenant Michael Murphy was a Navy SEAL who died in afghanistan if you know the if you've seen the movie lone survivor or read the book lone survivor uh by marcus luttrell it was his commanding officer of that team in specific where uh they went into the mountains of afghanistan to capture some high value target uh i think it was operation red wing or red wings Mm -hmm. and it was just four of them they ran into a whole bunch of taliban because everything went sideways ultimately marcus luttrell was the only one that survived lieutenant michael murphy was the one 
Uh, he <laughs> was killed in action, but he was able to get a call out back to uh, the home base so they can get um, extraction. And then during that extraction, 30 more SEALs died uh, because an RPG hit a Chinook full of them while they were trying to infill to go get Marcus Luttrell and take him out of there. Yeah. So the workout itself was created by Murph and it was one of his like favorite workouts he did, but he called it body armor. I learned this in my research. Of the oh, workout. really? I didn't even yeah. know that. So it was a workout that he did like all the time. Um, and then once he passed away, the fellow seals did it in remembrance of him and they renamed it from body armor, which is what Lieutenant Murphy called it to, um, to Murph in his remembrance. So it took off really big in the seal teams. And then, um, there was a foundation that was created in remembrance of Lieutenant Murphy. Um, and there's like scholarships for families who um, have lost loved ones in combat and things like that. And when you sign up to do Murph, typically you will do it through a gym or um, through some sort of affiliate and you pay money to do it and that money goes to the scholarship fund. So um, once the scholarship fund or once the... I don't, I don't want to call it a scholarship fund, but once the like nonprofit organization that is overall for this um, workout stood up, then a lot of, it became widely publicized in the CrossFit community. And then outside of the CrossFit community, people just started doing it in general and on Memorial Day. Um, and now it's kind of like a, an annual thing that a lot of people do on Memorial Day. Yeah, it's like the thing to do. I didn't even know all that, that mm-hmm. it was uh, like there was a foundation formed specifically for for Murph. I yeah. always thought it was a CrossFit thing. No, so if uh, if you guys want to look it up, and I may, you can Google it, but I think it's murphchallenge.com or .org. Um, and you go there and you can sign up on your own. Like I signed up for it yesterday just because they track how many people are doing it and it's like a good cause um but you get like a shirt and then um they the all the funds go to the the foundation um you can sign up with it through your affiliate or or like through your gym or you can just do it on your own and we obviously did it on our own at home because we have a garage gym yeah so and the rock dwayne johnson and john krasinski did it as well they did do it together they posted it on the on facebook and it's on the website yeah <laughs> that's pretty badass mm-hmm. uh yeah so i didn't realize it was there was like uh a whole foundation dedicated to specifically mm-hmm. to murph like i know there's a uh, i think it's operation red wings foundation and then there's just all the special op- operations uh community f- foundations um but yeah murph i I had thought it started with with CrossFit because they do all the the fall the hero wads. So if you're if you've never been into CrossFit, they all so the wads are the workout of the day. This shouldn't be news, but if it is, there you go. And then they have hero wads, which are usually um, their their tributes to fallen warriors, so military, 
or first responders, uh, so like police, firefighters, uh, EMTs, and they're dedic their workouts dedicated to them. And these workouts are usually super freaking crazy. And I had thought that the way the workout was developed for Murph was just something that CrossFit did. Mm-mm. I didn't realize that it was a workout that Murph or Lieutenant Murphy actually did. Yeah. So I'm on the website right now just to like catch you guys up. So it's called the Murph, M-U-R-P-H, challenge.com. And you can go on there and you can sign up. It also tells you like why people do Murph. So the synopsis of that is the Murph Challenge is the official annual fundraiser of the Lieutenant Michael Murphy Memorial Scholarship Foundation. Um, it's one of the primary funding means for the foundation. So they have raised... million dollars for the memorial scholarship foundation and all those funds go to children or gold star families or children who have lost a parent in combat um so i mean it's a great cause and it's just yeah the hero wad is uh man they're they're very difficult but it's more of putting yourself in a position to think about like like the the effort that you're sacrificing for this workout doesn't even come close to the sacrifice that was made oh hell no and especially when you're doing the murph like it's a hard ass workout it is difficult um but if you've read the book or even in the movie they depict it pretty well and like all the shit they went through it's nothing compared to what is is to the situation that they're in and think about they're not just like fighting for their lives right they're shooting they're running they're jumping they were falling off mountains uh and that's specifically in in operation red wings um and they're fucking probably starving they're dehydrated you know Mm -hmm. they're just everything's going wrong for them and they're fighting through this and uh, I I don't remember the numbers, but they took out a shitload of them. They took out a shitload of those Taliban before yeah. um, they ultimately lost the fight. Yeah, so, like, I'm just going to kind of put this into perspective because I know a lot of people have never done research or, like, looked at it in this perspective. But when people think of Afghanistan, they think of the Middle East and, like, desert. Um, but Afghanistan itself is a beautiful country. It's very, like mountainous and there's a lot of like lakes and um yes it's in the middle east but the country itself it's in poverty it's like there's not a lot going into the country but the landscape and just everything it's not like flat it's super super mountainous so it's not that like they fought on this mountain it's the amount of mountains they had to traverse to get to where that battle happened um is is it's just crazy to think about yeah yeah and oh man just to put yourself in that situation and then going up and down these mountains you know at a certain point they were just tumbling down mountains which uh in the movie you could see it uh marcus latrell even talked about it yeah uh, he was on joe rogan's podcast and that's kind of the shit they were doing to they were going through they're just like jumping off cliffs just to get away from the taliban and uh but think about that they're wearing fucking anywhere between 60 to 100 pounds of gear on them so there's their vest and they got um 
uh, all their ammo, ammo they radios. got communications equipment, they got their first aid kits, they got their rifles, they, food, they, yeah, water, food. They're carrying all this shit on their back and on their chest, and you know, to even to run when you're wearing that much weight is difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these fools were were jumping and running and sliding and diving and. Oh my gosh. And it, they're not the only ones, obviously. Like no. you have a bunch of other people in the special operations community that go have gone through similar scenarios and then even conventional forces. Like you have a bunch of uh people have been in combat who've gone through all that shit and it's just it's insane to think about that. So when you're going through these workouts, uh if at some point that doesn't enter your mind, then you're missing the purpose of the workout so you're paying tribute mm-hmm. to all the fallen warriors and uh, and all the people that this is dedicated to but it's also like to have some kind of uh what's the word i'm looking for i don't know to kind of understand what they were going through and you're not being put in a in a in a life-threatening situation but you're you're somewhat uh putting yourself in the position that they were in as far as like work yeah, it's just um, like you're almost just giving them that respect to say like, I'm doing this, but I think those workouts are more mental based. Like they you should are. you should be in your head a lot in those workouts um, instead of just because there's a lot of workouts where I'm just like powering through like rep to rep to get to the next workout, but or to get done with the workout. But those hero wides, they just they hit a little different yeah they slap <laughs> they slap yeah uh so the murph is like the 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 more famous one that everybody does every memorial day um uh, but honestly like you could take any of those hero wads that that crossfit has put out or, or wherever it is you can find them and do it on memorial day and it'll mean the exact same thing um and you'll get just as much out of it as you would out of Murph. But Murph is just the one that everybody does. And uh, it just has a little bit of everything, right? Yeah, so, like, getting away from Murph just a little bit. um, There's a CrossFit gym. Well, I won't say they're a CrossFit gym because they dropped the affiliate name. So, but they're a CrossFit gym. They just don't hold the affiliate name. Functional fitness. They're a functional fitness gym. Um, And... They do a hero wide annually. I think this started like two or three years ago. But locally where I grew up in Smithville, Tennessee, we had um, a person who grew up with us. He he joined the army and he died in combat. Um, and it kind of like rocked the town because everyone knew him. I think he went to school with Shane. I think he's Shane's age. Um, but their gym does it created a hero wide specifically to him and they do it and a lot of people from the community come out just because it's in homage to him it's not like like murph is just widely publicized if there's a tv show or there's a movie a book um it's just really widely known but that one it's just a little bit different because it's it's personal yeah and a lot of people who aren't in the military they have a hard time like gaining that attachment because it's not personal it's just like oh I'd rather drink a beer and have a burger, you know, than go out and do this extremely strenuous workout for someone that, like, I don't really know. Yeah, it, it's hard to to connect to that if you have no affiliation 
to the military or Mm -hmm. like you don't really know anybody that's in the military or it's just like you're saying it doesn't hit close to home right Uh, like people that join crossfit gyms what i so the first time i did murph was in 2017 and that was at average joe's what was awesome about what they did they it was like a whole deal for uh, memorial day and doing murph uh but it wasn't just like, hey, show up, have some fun and do a workout. It was like, hey, this is why we're doing this. And there was a whole background. Like they pulled everybody together. There was a moment of silence. Um, and they gave all the background on why we do Murph and all the heroes that have sacrificed um, throughout, uh, most notably like the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq recently, right? But throughout history. And uh, so it was a whole big spiel. And it was like, it was pretty emotional. So that was badass. And then you jumped into you jumped into the workout and they tell you, like, while you're going through this, uh, understand why we're doing this. We're not mm-hmm. doing this just to do a workout. Yeah, you join this gym to, like, get fit, get healthy and whatnot. But this workout specifically, it's for this. So it puts you in that mindset. And yeah. uh, although you do have a good time, if you like working out, um, you, you get to feel get a little bit of a taste of what these guys put themselves through day in and day out. Um, yeah, so go through what Murph is because we're talking about it, but we haven't said what it is. Oh, yeah. So if you're not familiar exactly with what Murph is, um, so the workout itself is you start with a one-mile run, and then you go into doing 100 pull-ups and then 200 push-ups and then 300 air squats and then you do another one mile run and that is the entire workout. However, you're supposed to wear a vest while you're doing it, a weighted vest. Um, 30 pounds. For, is it 30 pounds? Mm-hmm. For guys, it's 30 pounds. And then for girls, it's 15, 15 pounds. So you maybe you, 20, 50, oh, I think it's 20. I don't know. You can look it up real quick, but anyways, you're supposed to do, do all that, run the mile, do the pull-ups, push-ups, squats, and the last mile while wearing a vest. Yep. And that is the Murph workout. And we did it yesterday, and oh, man, it was bad. So the first time I ever did it was in 2017. I skipped out on uh, 2018, 2019, and then I did it last year. Last year was the first time I did it with a vest, and then this year I did it with the vest again. And it was rough. We're pretty sore today. Oh, yeah, I'm super sore. All right, so I lied. So for the vest, it's 20 pounds, a 20-pound vest or body armor, um, and it's not respective of gender. So it just says in a 20-pound vest or body armor, 20-pound vest or body armor. All right, yeah, because I did 20 pounds. um. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can talk about, like, us doing it yesterday. Yeah, so So. we ended up doing it yesterday. So today's Memorial Day, but we did it yesterday um, just because that was – I don't know. We decided to do it on that day for whatever reason. Uh, and man, that was, it was rough. It, it, I remember it being harder this year than it was last year. Last year when I did it, I, maybe because I did an actual run around the neighborhood until I hit a mile. Last year, I did the mile on the treadmill. On the treadmill. Mm-hmm. I did the mile on the treadmill. But this year, we actually got out and were able to run. And that was rough. So I've never done it before this year. And um, and obviously, like, I'm in okay shape, but nowhere close to enough shape to be able to do the real Murph. Um, 
So for me, again, first year I ever did it, um, I did not wear a vest. So I just had myself and <laughs> like my body weight. Um, and then again, like you're running the mile. If any of you have known me for any amount of time, I have like really bad knees. So um, there was a lot of walking in my mile, but like I did it. And then my pull-ups, 100 pull-ups. Um, I used bands for banded pull-ups. I've just, that's one movement I've never been able to accomplish is the pull-up. No matter how fit or how strong I've been, never been able to do the pull-up. Um, and then push-ups. I did the first 50 regular <laughs> and then did a lot of them on my knees. Tried to do as much as I could regular throughout, but a lot of them ended up being on my knees all the squats and then the final run um I, I ran a lot of it just because it was kind of that final like it's bigger than yourself type of deal yeah so but yes i am absolutely 100 percent feeling it today i am super sore hell yeah yeah i was able to do the run without without walking i think last time i, I walked a few times but uh, on both ends, I was able to complete the run. And I did maybe like the last, what, quarter mile. I was just hauling ass yeah, from you the end of the that. road. Oh, man, that killed me. And I thought it felt with the weight bouncing on me and then just not being used to running like that and then not being able to run fast anymore. Uh, it felt like my knees were going to just give out on me. Yeah. It, it was strange. Uh, but I kept on pushing it. I was like, oh, don't hurt something, don't hurt something, don't hurt something. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, just going back to, like, the purpose of the Murph. So, um, I guess, yeah, like, I've known about the Murph since we got really introduced to CrossFit. So, 2011, 10? Yeah, uh, 2000, well, I started doing CrossFit in 2010. We started yeah. going to CrossFit. Uh, Apollo Cross, CrossFit Apollo in 2012. Yeah, so but I mean like through proxy I knew about it from you. I didn't know about the Murph until we started going to the gym. So in 2012. Yeah. No way cuz we left 2012. Yeah. Yeah, we only did it for a few months there at CrossFit Apollo from like January to April. Oh, okay. So yeah, I learned about it when I joined the gym, um but I had never done it until this year. And even though I knew about it, I was kind of like um, in that same mindset of like, it's just a really hard workout and I, I don't feel like I'm going to gain anything from it because I can't do a lot of the movements. Like I know I can't do 200 push-ups. I know I can't do 100 pull-ups. Um, I know I can't run for two miles without having to walk some because my knees. And so I really struggled to like get the frame of reference to get into um Murph but when I went to Afghanistan and let's not like mistake that I have known people who have died in combat not like known them personally like good friends with them but like worked with these people or like had conversations with them um, but when I went to Afghanistan when I was there we had a lot of ramp ceremonies and that's essentially the body of a fallen soldier airman marine whatever the case may be um in their casket draped with the flag being taken onto the airplane to be flown home and 
standing out there like on the runway in Afghanistan, like watching those people who died in combat, who was there, who gave it all. Um, it just, it made it different for me. So it's now it's personal because like I was there as well, you know, like that could have just as easily had been me as it was someone else who died on the base or whatever the case may be. So I really, uh, I really struggled in those ramp ceremonies and it just became personal vice. Yes. I know people die in war type of situation. It makes Um, it real. It does. So going through the workout yesterday, it just, um, it was, it was bigger than just doing the Murph. It was, Hey, like I've seen this happen. It's, I've been there. It's, it's just a, I can put myself in a different mind space when I'm doing that to think about the reality of it all really. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard for people, uh, especially if you're not in the military, it's hard for people to put yourself in that situation, in that scenario. Um, But yeah, that's, that's the truth of the matter that uh, when you're deployed, especially for uh, personnel that are expected to see combat or be in combat, like, that's one of the prices that you may pay, right? And uh, they tell everybody in the military, it's like, hey, we're in the business of killing, right? The same could happen to us. Like, we could be deployed and end up dying because of a uh, random mortar attack or you're, uh, you're on a convoy and hit an IED and you may not be, like, um, typical combat personnel but there's still that chance yeah for sure and i mean like thinking back to being in afghanistan um i'd say after like the first two weeks i kind of acclimated to it which is really scary because there was not one day that i was in afghanistan where our base didn't get mortared yeah um so at least once a day the rockets went off toward base and i'm there briefing my commander you know like hey this is what happened these are where they hit these are where they came from um and i kind of just became accustomed to it so like if i was asleep and the sirens went off i'd just sleep right through them like i didn't and that's what most people do it was no longer like a a fight or flight like it should have been you know it was just like hey this is just normal here um and so I try not to argue too much because it's politically based and, but when people are like, we have no business being there. Like they just want us gone. They don't care about us. And I'm like, you know, every single day when I was sitting there and there was rockets flying at me, I kind of had a little different mindset there, but you can't really argue with people who have, have their own opinions. And I'm not saying like, you can't have your opinions, like have whatever you want. But, um, I became acclimated to that. And then when I came home, it was almost like a, like a reality check of why was that normal for me? Like, why did I kind of turn it off? So, and that's what happens to a lot of people. Um, and you, you have to, like I said, it's just, it's putting yourself in a different headspace, a different mind space of, of being there and seeing these things firsthand to, to really resonate with what Memorial day and what the Murph means. Yeah. Yeah, the same happened with me was, uh, yeah, you just acclimate to everything that's happening now. Because the first time that I went out and uh, we were around a shitload of locals, right? It's like, 
I was worried. It's like, okay, this is where a suicide vest happens, or this is where we get ambushed, or whatever. And it took it took a couple weeks, and it was all normal. Like, hey, yeah. just another day, right? But I mean, you were out with the army. Like, you actually convoyed and went off base, and yeah, yeah. I never did any of that stuff. So, and, and I was paranoid of that stuff, like hitting IEDs or getting ambushed. Or there was a certain point on our convoy where we always got funneled into a specific area. I was like, "Yep, yeah, if we're going to get ambushed, like this is where it's going to happen, and you know, we're going to fucking die." Uh, or w- whenever we dismounted and we went to go secure the uh, the border checkpoint. And then all this influx of people came in. I was like, yep, this is where it's going to happen. Fucking suicide vest is just going to clack off and we're done for, which had happened a couple miles down the road. Luckily, we didn't get hit. Uh, but like that was that was uh, the thought process behind it. So I was always on edge. But if, a couple weeks in, that goes away. You're just like, just OK, normal. you're just doing your normal checks. You're you're scanning your routes. You're doing everything right. And you're just you're alert. But you're no longer like uh, I, I paranoid, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's how it was. And um, when I got back, it took a while to get acclimated back to like just regular life. Yes. Uh, and I, to a certain extent now, I'm still kind of paranoid. Like uh, when I drive or when I'm around a bunch of people, I know there's not going to be a suicide vest or anything, but I just get uncomfortable. And it's that feeling mm-hmm. of like I have to be watching out for something. Yeah. And I think like I don't think you really fully get acclimated, but it's just not in the forefront of your mind all the time anymore. Yeah. It's like, yep, I'm in this situation. Like your body is just like, hey, like you have no control over this anymore. So you could think about it, but what are you really getting from it? Yeah. So I was always aware, like it was in the back of my brain. But my day-to-day still had to happen. Like, I still had to go to work. I still had to do my job. I still had to go get food. Like, there were things that had to happen whether I was in Afghanistan or whether I was home. So, for you, like, at that border crossing, whether you were stressed out and full of anxiety all the time or whether you just kind of mentally agreed, like, this was what was going to happen right now, um, you still had to go there. You still had to go to the border crossing. You still had to do your job. So it's just, yeah, it's a, yeah, you don't have a choice in the matter. Like you, you have to go. Uh, that's, that's part of the job. Like, uh, I was talking to people and they had switched over from a different fob and they came to the outpost that we were at and they're like, we're in a better position here. Um, because compared to what they came from, it was safe. Right. Uh, the out the fob that they had came from almost on a daily basis they were fighting their way out and fighting their way in whatever that meant to them yeah. uh like whether whether they came close to hitting ied or somebody was taking pop shots at them or they got into a, a legit firefight like something was happening every time they left base yeah i was like fuck man that's that's intense like luckily at the place that we were at we didn't face any of that but uh yeah it's just intense and i remember getting back from from iraq and i i only spent nine months out there so compared to all these other people that are they're deployed for three out of four years and they spent time deployed or they do rotations that are a year long a year and a half long in in like hot spots right where it's intense all the time 
Uh, I was there for nine months. And when I came back, uh, my dad brought me my car. So he picked me up from the airport and then I'm driving my car. And then uh, we were driving in San Antonio. So traffic's already crazy. And he's like holding on to to the to the door handle and he looks at me he's like hey are you gonna calm down and i guess the way i was driving was just like super aggressive like you're I was, humvee yeah and those humvees like they're awesome to drive because you're just you can whip that thing around and you know people are gonna get out of your way right uh so i guess i was just driving like crazy aggressive and i was just like looking in my rear view looking in the side mirrors and he looked at me he's like hey are you gonna calm down like do i need to drive I was like, no, 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 I, I got this. But to me, I didn't even notice it. I was just, it's I was just, just driving. Normal, yeah. yeah. And that, that's that gone away. Like I'm still really aware uh, when I'm in my now truck. you're a very slow driver. But I drive very slow. So I don't need, I don't feel like I need to get there super fast. Yeah. Yeah. But when I, when I start feeling like cars are pulling up next to me or it, it's just, Yeah. Yeah. And I think those are feelings that'll never go away. Like it's just something that happened and it's like, okay. Um, because I mean, like when I was in Afghanistan, even though I knew I was in Afghanistan, like all around us, you know, outside of the base. Um, so if you guys do a quick Google search of like Bagram, B-A-G-R-A-M air base in Afghanistan, you'll see it's, there's like this, it's called the Bagram Bowl, but it's like a circle of mountains and then there's just like this valley in the middle. And somebody was like, you know what would be great if we just put an Air Force base right there in this valley with mountains surrounding it on all sides. Um, and so I would always be paranoid just because that's like Taliban tactics, right? It's like on mountain edges as what happened with Lieutenant Murphy in this firefight that we're talking about here. But um I would always be cognizant. However, we had Afghan National Army on the base with us and like going through training with the Air Force. And every time there would be like a group of them, even though I knew they like lived on the same base as I did and they trained with us, I would get super paranoid. Um, And so now I'm like, if there's um, a situation where I feel like I'm being surrounded by people I don't know, I'll get really anxious. Like I'll get the kids and pull them very close to me. Um, but it's just like those ingrained little, yeah, little things that in my opinion, I, I, I'm aware of them. I know I'm doing it. Um, but it's just something that I can't turn off. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a hard thing to do and you rarely notice it Yeah, uh, until somebody like points it out to you. Uh, like I get super nervous when people are standing behind me. Like, don't, don't stand behind me. Like when I'm in line, uh, I'm used to like turn sideways or I keep on looking back. And yeah. It's just, it's ridiculous. I don't mind if someone's behind me, but not like directly behind me. You know, like if I'm in an airport and I'm in a group, I will tend to drift to the back of the crowd. But um, if I'm in the back of the crowd, I can just have better awareness of what's going on around me but if someone's like off to the side of me or something and i can see them in my peripherals i don't really care but if someone's directly behind me i don't like that yeah yeah like if i have no visualization on a person yeah 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 and then that uh yeah that with the afghanistan's being on the same base it, it is sketchy because you know 
Oh, man, it's the green on blue. That's that's what it is, right? Green on blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when whenever an Afghanistan uh, army personnel they 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 pretty much they turned and then they started firing on Americans and other Afghanistan uh, Afghanis. And so it's like when a a partner nation, so someone that you work with, train with anything um they're pretty much like a an insider so they're not they're just filling a role until they can accomplish their overall goal which is an attack on the people that they're getting close to and it happens way more often than i think anyone would like to admit or is publicized but um it's just something you always think of or something i always thought of yeah so yeah, you have to. I mean, I'd be paranoid about that as well. But I mean, again, like this is just kind of going into like a personal thing. But um, now, and I deployed in 2018. Yeah, 2018. Yeah, 2018. Um, but now, like just in today, there's a lot of people who cannot drive a manual or like a stick shift. Um, and so in Afghanistan, that's the only kind of cars there were there were exactly zero automatic cars. And so a lot of people couldn't drive. So they would find those of us who could, and we would have to be like kind of the token drivers. If someone need to go to the other side of base or need to go to the, the store on base or whatever. Um, and they'd be like, Hey, like, can you take me here? There's a group of us that need to go. So I find myself, I found myself leaving the secure area where I lived at more often than I would like because I was the only pe- I was one of the only people who knew how to drive and it's like to get to the other side of Bagram it's like a I mean it's like a 15 minute drive so nobody's walking over there you have to go to the complete opposite side of the flight line um but yeah I hated it because you're just kind of a like you're just out in the open driving on these like secluded roads and there's just like this little wall separating you from people who are like living their lives in Afghanistan. Yeah. But I mean, we could like be in our dorm room and go out on like the third story and look out and you could see people like the Afghan kids just playing soccer out and stuff. And I mean, it gave you a different perspective of these people are just here trying to live their lives. But in the same token, it was like, mm, like there could be somebody bad like planning bad things that yeah, close you, to me you just never know yeah. and it, it's just it's crazy to think that outside those gates like you it's hard to tell who wants to kill you and who doesn't because yep. <laughs> yeah. not everybody there like you're saying not everybody there is bad and that that's for every country that we've been in right yeah. not everybody there is bad they're just people trying to live their fucking lives like yeah. they don't want no part of any of it but they get stuck in the middle um and then, mm-hmm. as as we all know, pro- part of the problem was, like, you can't tell the enemy from just civilians. Mm-hmm. And, like, granted, they're in these, like, super po- poverty-stricken countries. And, I mean, they, they're smart. Like, they're not dumb individuals. You know, they learn how we operate as Americans, and they tailor that. So, you know, they learn that as Americans, we're not going to kill women and children. It's like against our laws. And so they, if they are a bad person, they just 
blend in with the local populace and like you said there's no way to know who's bad versus who's good and in Afghanistan it's like a I don't know like what a good comparison is but the majority of people there are armed it's just part of life there like if you see someone walking around with a assault rifle it's just oh okay like there's that guy doing his thing you know going to work going to mend his crops like there's nothing out of the ordinary so it's hard to like you can't stereotype or, or like pick and choose these people, but yeah. Um, it just like going through all of that and experiencing it firsthand doing Murph yesterday. It just, it was a different perspective for me. Whereas I've never wanted to do it before. I was actually excited to do it yesterday where I could be like, not excited about Memorial day, but like excited to the point of for the first time, like this has meaning to me other than a workout. Yeah. And I can, I can focus on, on that. Yeah. It's, it's always cool to do these, these workouts. Cause you get to experience a tiny fraction of what these people go through. Right. Um, and, and then the other part that's cool is just, it brings like, uh, there's a community aspect to it. Yeah. Um, and then you have the foundation portion where you can, uh, give to a good cause for doing the workout. And it's, you know, the health and fitness part of it is just it's an added bonus yeah. to to what you when you do these workouts um and and all these hero workouts like that's what they are they're not really they're not strategic in terms of like hey we're going to do this workout because this is going to improve your deadlift or your squat or you're going you're going to get super fit because if you're doing workouts like these every day for just like the rec- regular populace you're going to break yourself yes <laughs> Uh, which is another thing that uh, most people don't realize, like special operations, uh, the community, like they go through so much hell that their bodies are are broken at an early age, right? But they're just pushing through through a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, and it, again, Murph's not the only one uh, for the hero wads. Like you can go through to CrossFit.com or go to any of these fitness websites and just look up hero wads and you'll you'll find all the 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 workouts that are dedicated to all these people that have given their lives and again it's just not military like you have your um your first responders your emts your firefighter firefighters uh police 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 officers like there's a bunch of them out there Uh, i know crossfit did i have like a whole book and i don't think it's crossfit specific but it's it's hero workouts and i was doing them uh like once a week yeah and those workouts are extremely difficult but again it lays out like uh uh who this person was how they died and uh like highlights of their career and how they grew yeah. up it just tells their story yeah and it's it's just like it's added meaning to uh to the workout that you're doing you know to pay your respects to them and and get a workout in yeah it's uh it's definitely a different perspective on the workouts yeah because it's just not military personnel going through all this shit like police officers they're going through it on a daily basis uh like their awareness is super high because you never know uh you know in these times police are getting a bad rap but unless you're a police officer or you know interact with police on a daily basis you really don't know what they're going through Mm -mm. Uh, so there's a misunderstanding that's going on there yes you have your bad cops that they're they're doing bad but that's in 
every profession. Every profession, yeah. Every profession, you're going to have your bad apples. You're going to have people that are just going to, uh, you know, sometimes they end up ruining it for everybody else. And right now for cops, like that's that's a big one that's happening. Uh, so it's almost like you have to, uh, like cops are trying, it's almost like they have to regain the respect of of people. Yeah, so my two cents on that is like people are so quick and I've talked about this before on the podcast, but people are so quick to know like one bad cop and then flag them all as bad, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like what I've talked about before where it's like you I may be the only person you know who's in the military, so my actions give you perspective on every person in the military. Whether that's good or bad or indifferent, those actions that come from me are for everybody, right? So that's the thing that's happening with the cops is you have these one or two bad things, but um, then it becomes almost like a publicity stunt. Like how much bad can the media show that starts turning people against cops? And then you got to think like these cops are in a fight or flight constantly. Like they... They don't know who is just a citizen who may be getting a speeding ticket or somebody who's trying to do something that is going to be able to highlight another cop doing something when really they're just trying to protect themselves and make it home to their families. Um, So, like, even though cops are getting a bad rap, you got to think, like, their attention is on high alert right now, too, because there's a lot of really bad things happening to cops. Yeah. So, while the the wider populace is saying like, hey, all these cops are doing bad things. These cops are saying all these people are looking at cops as bad cops right now. So they have to be on even a high end alert, a more high end alert status. I don't know what the verbiage for that would be, but um, it's coming from both sides where it's just, it's just a a negative situation. Yeah. It's a tough situation to be in, but I mean, like we were saying, there's, you have your, your, you're bad people in almost every profession you talk about doctors not every doctor is a good doctor no right some doctors just don't give a fuck but for whatever reason they have their licenses and degrees and whatever to practice medicine teachers same way like you have your bad teachers that they just they're just looking for a a paycheck or something military same thing like the the whole um Man, the name is escaping me. The the prison in Iraq. Hmm. When they were okay. piling up all yeah. those all those detainees and whatever and it got out to the public like bad shit uh happens, right? You don't have all not everybody is is out for good. So it's just in every profession it's like that. Yes. Anyways, we got off way off top way off topic on that, but yeah. I can't even remember how that started. Just talking about the hero wads. Yeah, hero wads. Anyways, so if you haven't done a hero wad, go out there and look them up, the hero workouts, um, and look into the people's story on the the workout that you're doing. It's it's pretty badass. And uh, so specifically for Memorial Day, do the Murph workout. Um, if you haven't seen Lone Survivor, you should definitely go see it. It's a good movie. Read the um, book. The book is a lot better because it's it's written by Marcus Luttrell, who 
the title of the book, Lone Survivor. He was the only one that survived that whole ordeal. And um, it's fucking crazy because he went through all that, lost his buddies, not to mention the 30 guys that were killed on that Chinook that tried to infill to save him. Um, the Rangers eventually went in there and they saved him. <clears throat> but he went through all that. He spent some downtime to like rehab and get better. He deployed again uh a, a, maybe a couple years afterwards yeah. not to afghanistan though he went to iraq and he was part of um i want to say he was part of the unit the same one or the one that was replaced by jocko's unit yeah task force bruiser and and that he's he's always telling his story about ramadi and all that stuff that's where marcus luttrell was yep so he was either the one that was replaced by Jocko or he was the one that Jocko uh, replaced. replaced Jocko's unit. Yeah. So he was on one end or the other. Um, so that's fucking insane to go through what he went through. And I'm sure there's a lot of other stories for like where uh, special operators have gone through something similar. But he went back and he deployed to another crazy area. Yeah. But in Iraq... So, and that one, uh, if you read his book service, like he details all the, all of that in his book service. Um, so if who, you haven't read those books, definitely go. Who wrote service? Marcus Luttrell. Oh yeah. I haven't read that one. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote that one after, I think he had retired already. Um, but yeah, he details like, he gives a quick synopsis of what happened in, in Lone Survivor and then his time after that. Yeah like his recovery and then his deploying again and, and taking a leadership role and then, and then finally retiring. And Yeah, it's definitely um, a different perspective, but like you said, if you haven't, um, and I there's not like a specific book written to Lieutenant Murphy, huh? Or about his life. Not that I know about, I would imagine there is one. I just, I, I don't know about it. Yeah. But I mean, you can go on the Murph, themurfchallenge.com and it gives you like Lieutenant Murphy's story. So it tells you like about his life, about his deployment, what happened that day um, and what his life-saving actions were. But yeah, like the significance of the Murph was or is um, it was a workout that he forced. I won't say forced. It was a workout that he and his SEAL team did together Um and so once that he created, so once he passed away, um, his his teams continued to do that in his memory. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty badass. That's, uh, man, that's insane. Yep. It was, a, it was definitely, so it's definitely something that I recommend, but also, um, you can Google it and you can go through and look up however you want, but there's ways you can break it up. So it's not like a hundred continuous pull-ups, 200 continuous push-ups. So the way I did it um, was I did 10 rounds of 10 pull-ups, 20 push-ups, 30 squats. So random mile, 10 rounds, and then random mile. Um, just because I knew if I did a hundred pull-ups, in a row, I was not going to do any push-ups, and I wanted to be able to do as many um, unaltered movements as I could. 
But there's a, like, you can do 20 rounds of 5, 10, 20, I think 5, I don't know how you would break that down, but there's, like, there's a bunch of ways you can break it down. There's even one that's called the Murph, just finish it, and you can break it up however, like, do as many pull-ups as you can until you you reach failure, and then start doing push-ups until you reach failure, and you just keep a running tally of, of how many you did. Yeah, um, you can. Yeah, I think uh, the breakout is five, ten, twenty, and it's twenty rounds of that. So if you do twenty rounds of five, ten, twenty, that will get that'd you be to, more than three hundred squats, though. Uh, I don't know. You'd be at four hundred. Maybe five, ten, fifteen. Maybe yeah. Yeah, five, ten, five, ten, fifteen, or whatever. Whatever that breakout is, you can do that, and it, I think it's twenty rounds of that, and then so you start with your mile, do those rounds, and then finish out your mile. Um. Yeah. Yesterday, yeah, I, just, I, I just I just went straight through. So did the mm-hmm. mile, did the hundred put pull ups, the two hundred push ups, the three hundred squats, and then finished with a mile. Yeah. But I mean, if if you hear it and it just sounds overwhelming, like you hear a hundred pull ups and you're like, "There's no way," because for me, there's no way I can do a hundred pull ups. Right? Like my hands ripped open, I was bleeding, my skin yeah. ripped off. I mean, it was it was not enjoyable by any means but I broke it down to a manageable level for myself um, where like I know I can do 10 banded pull-ups with with no stopping there like that's manageable for me um, so that's how I did it but I would just say don't let the numbers overwhelm you to the point like they had me in the past of I know I'm not gonna be able to do that so I don't want to try it yeah, and it's supposed to be super difficult. Um, just think it's a small price to pay to honor these guys. Yeah. So ultimately, that's what it's for. So yeah, you might be sore for the next week and it might hurt. But uh, again, that's if you don't have like any serious medical issues or something yes. like that. Uh, yeah. Because I mean, for us, like... um. I'm sure you guys all know by now, but we're doing the 75 hard. So Hell yeah. today is day 64. Hell yeah. We have 11 days left, but I mean, you're talking in 64 days. We have not had one rest day. We've worked out twice a day, every day. So after doing the Murph yesterday morning, we still had a whole workout to do in the afternoon, a 45 minute workout that needed to be accomplished um, outside. And so we woke up this morning and our bodies are just hurting like we are sore and we still had to get up and get out there and get a workout in (laughs) so I say that to say like don't make excuses for yourself that'll talk you out of it because everybody can come up with an excuse if it's a medical condition (laughs) I am not your physician nor am I giving you medical advice but um be smart in like in your endeavors don't go out there and do something crazy just because you heard us talk about this but definitely um if you're not doing it just because you're coming up with an excuse of not wanting to do it that's it's possible yeah and there's always like ways to scale the workout as well so um like the pull-ups you can do banded pull-ups you could do jumping pull-ups you can ring rows yeah ring rows there's all sorts of variations that you could do if you can't do pull-ups right same thing with push-ups you can do them on your knees you can use the band across your chest whatever 
uh, and then air squats, same thing. Uh, like if you can't squat that low, use a chair, use a, um, just use do a medicine ball. Yeah. There's all sorts of way to, to modify it so that you are, you can do the workout, do the challenge, the challenge, yeah. the challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, go look at all the other hero wads. Cause there's a lot of them out there. And some of them are, uh, if you're like me and you, you like to work out, you'll have a good time doing them and you'll be honoring some amazing people out there. Yes. Yep. And it stays like this, that it's the perfect time to do so. Yeah. It, it makes it, um, it makes it more than, than a barbecue, you know? Yeah. It Because people, and I won't say everybody, but a lot of people just think of this as a day off, like. Hey, I get a long weekend, but it's so much more than that. So it's remembering why you get that long weekend. It's yeah. not because let's just take a day off. There's there's a reason behind it. And you got to, at some point throughout the long weekend, bring to the forefront of your mind why we have this day off. Yeah. It's in remembrance of it, all those that get paid the ultimate sacrifice, right? And you're right. Some people, it's just like, hey, it's just another days off, a day off and we're having a barbecue. We're going to enjoy it, which you should, right? But just, again, like you were saying, remember why it's really there. Uh, I've got to say, like, I, I feel like some people will post stuff uh, on Facebook, but not really mean it in regards to Memorial Day. Yeah, so I look <laughs> at it in the know. part who, by... Who am I to say anything? <laughs> but, like, by being a part of the special ops community, and granted, like, I am in no way special ops, so let's just clear that up right now. But by being a member, like being doing my job in the special operations community, um, it's not like these guys want you to sit at home and be sad and be like, these people gave the ultimate sacrifice. Because if they were still here, they would be with their families. They would be drinking a beer. They'd be grilling out, enjoying time with friends. But it's just taking that, that time to say, why? Why do we get the chance to have these barbecues? Why do we get the chance to spend time with our families? Um, and it's not because, you know, people wear the uniform. It's because of the people who who gave it all, right? So yeah. I would just say take a, a few minutes and at least bring it to the forefront of your mind of what's going on. And and again, you can like talk to these people's families, read books, and it's they don't want you to sit around in memoriam of them all day, but taking those few minutes to enjoy the liberties that you're given and understanding why, what has to happen for you to have those liberties. That's what today's about. Yeah, buddy. Don't take it for granted. For sure. There's a, there's a really cool picture. I mean, it's kind of sad, but like it represents exactly, I I think what Memorial Day is trying to, uh, not not tried, but like what Memorial Day is about. So you got to remember these guys. But there's a picture out there, and it's all these soldiers, and you know they're like standing guard, they're fighting, and they're holding up something. Like if you were holding something up above your head, and on top of all that, it's like it's greenery, it's it's a pond, it's people enjoying themselves. So yeah. it kind of represents like what people in the military are are fighting for, and those that that paid the ultimate price, like what they what they fought for, right? Yes. And then on the home front, you have all your your heroes here, nurses, doctors, first responders, police, firefighters, and everybody else. Yes. Um but yeah. 
freaking awesome. Go out there, do Murph, do one of the hero wads, uh, pay tribute to these guys, have a moment in silence, remember what's going on. Uh, and if you have loved ones or friends, family that uh, paid the ultimate sacrifice, remember them. Don't don't forget them. Remember, that's a big thing. Not forgotten, right? Never forgotten. Yeah. It's a good one. All right. Uh, I think that's it. That's all that we have for you. You guys uh, have a good one. Thanks for listening. Uh, don't forget to uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, go visit our webpage, VillehousePodcast.com. Hook us up with some reviews if you'd like. Help uh, our podcast continue to grow because um, little by little it's getting bigger and bigger. Um, but, yeah, I hope you all enjoy Memorial Day. Go get your workout in. Remember these guys and girls. Babes. Peace out, Cub Scouts. Peace out, Cub Scouts. We'll see you all next week. Later.